Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Christian Glove save! Mike Smith, a game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. He like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Ryan. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. One-timer score! We are Dreisaitl right no game. And now we're going to have a goalie for action. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Shed. as good as that song and it should be this is a thursday truculent thursday in oilers now we have a killer lineup for you as long as i hold up my end of the bargain we should be all right this is oilers now it's brought to you by our title sponsor digitex buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office it and supplies bob stoffer from the home office back of the 630 jed studios big part of the show brendan escott hello brendan how you doing things are pretty good on this front bob how are you Good, good. Uh, we're going to get after it. we got a lot to get to. Uh, we will tell you that the guests on today's show will include Sportsnet color analyst, former Edmonton Oiler, Louis DeBrusque. Longtime NHL executive, now uh, Sportsnet analyst, Brian Burke. And Edmonton sporting icon, one of the most popular players in team history, George LaRock. Uh, we will tell you Brian Burke's appearances every Thursday in Oilers now for... 
Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. So that's our guest uh, list today in the first uh, half hour of the show. We will go into the orders now. Audio Vault for Direct Workwear as well as... Uh, NHL today for elite promotional marketing. But not before I tell you, here's how you can get hold of us. You reach us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors back up and open, and they are ready for your kids' pre-game warm-up. And you can text us, uh, sorry, call in, rather, on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. That's the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Uh, they're back up and at them at 1,350 slot machines, um, and they are... Uh, on the verge of opening up Italia, which is their new Italian restaurant as part of the River Creek. We will mention, uh, due to government regulations, that the table games are not open at the River Creek, but the River Creek has a 100% smoke-free casino floor, the River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Let's get into it. Uh, we await the vote from the NHLPA. I know yesterday Brian Lawton sort of ranged somewhere in around the 70% affirmative in terms of accepting um, the tentative agreement on the four-year CBA extension and the return-to-play protocols. We will tell you that you only need a uh, 51% vote uh, to be approved for that from both the NHLPA and the owners. And the uh, Board of Governors meetings will have a conversation tomorrow that will take place as well. So we could actually have a resolution and know 100% where we're going moving forward, you know, and... Uh, have things ratified uh, for both Edmonton and Toronto. Speaking of Edmonton and Toronto, um, it was interesting yesterday. We have had a Ms. Recordia uh, outbreak at Edmonton. I know that uh, uh, the Chorus family yesterday at 2.30 ran the presser uh, over on Global News 880. But uh, I got a little bit of feedback from some people in Toronto, many of whom were very fair, but some were, you know, sort of putting the warning bells out there, chiming in and, uh, you know, oh, here we go. I got to consider, you know, there's there's a lot of nervousness out there. I get that. I find it a little bit ironic that Toronto, a place where they've had one hospital alone, have five separate outbreaks that you have a, a couple of media members sort of, you know, bringing this sort of thing up. but So I just thought I'd provide you with some numbers because I think many of you, well, just give me the facts. So these are the facts. The Toronto Health Zone, as it's defined by Wikipedia, is approximately 2.7 million people. The Edmonton Health Zone, as it's defined by the Alberta uh, Health Services, is 1.3. Okay, so basically Toronto's got twice the population for the city centre of Toronto that they define according to how they do their uh, numbers. Uh, a region like Peel, as an example, has had substantial outbreaks themselves. They've absolutely been crushed uh, in Ontario. Ontario and Quebec make up 95% of the deaths in, in, in this country right now. But Toronto has 14,735 cases of COVID. Edmonton is at 1,175. Toronto currently has 690 active cases on uh, with COVID. Edmonton is at 232. Toronto has had 1,110 deaths. Edmonton has had 17 deaths due to COVID. Toronto has had 405 deaths per million. Edmonton is at 13 deaths per million. I think you're starting to see a bit of a trend. Currently, there's 158 people in hospital in Toronto. 
There's 29 in Edmonton. And at one time, the provincial government was prepared to set aside 3,200 hospital beds in Edmonton for COVID. There are 35 people currently in Toronto uh, in ICU. There's four in Edmonton. Our situation is not perfect here. We've had an outbreak, but it is a little ironic when you have people firing the warning flag up out of Toronto in a market that's had one hospital alone with five separate outbreaks when we're dealing with something at the Misericordia. We're going to get through this, and we're going to get through this because we've been getting through of it for a while. And yes, some numbers have gone up, but so has testing. And the last time I, and I'll give Ontario credit, they're right there with Alberta, north of 100,000 tests per million uh, with COVID. And many of you get this out there. Many of you fundamentally understand that. Case in point, BC currently has a very minimal uh, higher death rate than the province of Alberta. But there's 100 people that have passed away from COVID in Vancouver Coastal. And again, Edmonton's at 17. Uh, Alberta, by the way, has done 113,000 tests per million people. BC's currently done just 41,000 tests per million. I, I mention that because sometimes numbers are important. And I did, uh, Brendan, I know you would have seen the tweet I put out. I don't do a lot of polls, but I'm always interested in where the headspace of the citizens are. And I recognize that when it comes to Twitter and doing a Twitter poll, we're often talking about a little bit younger demographic. And so I put a question out on masks or no masks. Uh, yes or no, should we be wearing masks in indoor locations uh, in Edmonton? Do we need to go that route? And I wanted to, uh, I'm going to close the vote off at one o'clock. It's going to be about a three hour long vote. A lot of people have uh, put their uh, votes in. And again, you can find that at Bob underscore Stoffer. Now, some people have already. Um, written in on the comment section said bob just let the medical experts decide this this is not for the average person to decide but we do live in a democracy and feedback's important and perspective is important um i i know that sometimes when i talk to some of the eastern media in canada they they think that albertans are 100 percent on board uh of uh not having a ban on assault weapons and most of you know that the last time there was actually a study done in that regard it was north of 60 percent of albertans believe there need to be significant limitations on assault ban weapons and i'm hey if you're out on a farm or you're on an acreage and you need a shotgun or whatever to shoo away coyotes uh or take care of gophers or do what you got to do I get it. I get where you're coming from. I don't know if everybody in the city needs an assault ban weapon, and I think that most of you probably get that. I always go back to Jim Jeffrey, the comedian. You know, he's a very funny man, and he always talks about, well, there's one justification for ju uh, guns that I'll accept, and that is, I like guns. Like that, It always kind of makes me chuckle, but uh, the majority of the people I know in my life don't have guns. Some of them didn't need them. They just would settle them themselves kind of the old school way. So anyhow, I don't mean to rankle everybody in that regard, but it, it should be mentioned that there's been multiple uh, sort of polls done on this sort of stuff, and it's like north of 60%. And I think when it comes to mass, what we're seeing is it's about north of 60% in terms of people thinking we need to have mass in indoor facilities. How does that tie into something like the Edmonton Oilers, a show called Oilers? Now, well, you know what? You discuss topics that parlay how we live our lives. And 
We have a wide range of opinion out there on the show. And one of the things that needs to be stated, you don't have to agree with me. There's some of you out there, I'll give you an example. Some of you are not the biggest believers in Darnell Nurse. I think Darnell Nurse has a way higher ceiling than most people think because of how hard he works. When I see guys that don't put the work in in the offseason, I see limitation in their game. When I see guys that are relentless, uh, they can exceed what many have um, uh, for them, where they've got them pegged. And so, you know what? You don't have to agree with me. That's that's fine. So, But it is an interesting one in the mass, and it doesn't have to be a 100. You know, And again, some would say, Bob, just let the medical experts decide. They've done a great job on this. Dr. Dina Hinshaw, let you know, let that uh, part of society decide. But it's very interesting. Again, you have a wide range of opinion. We had one yesterday that uh, somebody brought to my attention during the course of the day. Uh, we had an MLA by the name of Marlon Schmidt. And I'm told that he is often measured. But he made a comment yesterday about Margaret Thatcher. And apparently he said, I can still go on to enjoy the fact that Margaret Thatcher is dead. The only thing I regret about Margaret Thatcher's death is that it happened probably 30 years too late. To me, that was a little bit of a surprising comment to see in the legislature. Uh, I'm sure many of his other comments are probably more grounded than that. It probably offended some of you out there. Uh, Marlon Schmidt is part of an NDP party that won the 2015 election with 40% of the popular vote. They dropped to 32%. The UCP went up to 54 Now, some would say that Margaret Thatcher was one of the greatest female leaders of all time and an icon for women out there. Uh, you know, I think there's a couple guys you could maybe say, I wish they ne- were never were born. I think you could say Hitler, right? I think that, but I, I think that sort of criticism of... Uh, Margaret Thatcher might have been seen as a little bit over the top by a lot of people out there. You know, we had the Alberta Federation of Labor make a $1.8 million donation, uh, third party, to the NDP. They represent tens of thousands of union employees across the country, and in, or in Alberta. And unions are really important. And I'm going to tie this back to hockey in a second. But my guess is not all of those union employees would agree with that statement by Marlon Schmidt. That's just kind of how it works. Sometimes people make comments not everybody agree with. Bob, how does this have to do with hockey? Unions are important, right? Associations are important. Well, they are. Today is the 73rd birthday of Jim Harrison, who, for you older guys out there and gals that are listening to the show, you'd remember Jim Harrison and Al Hamilton were probably the two biggest stars on the Alberta Oilers. They were called the Alberta Oilers the first year in the WHA, and then the Edmonton Oilers in the second year of the WHA. Uh, Harrison had 155 points in 113 games for Alberta slash Edmonton. He had three goals and 10 points in one game against the uh, New York Raiders during the 72-73 season. So there's been no other player that's ever had 10 points in a game. In the NHL. Uh, in fact, there's only one NHL player that's done that, and that's, as we all know, Derek, uh, D- sorry, Daryl Sittler. But I, I've, I've known a lot of guys over the years that said that Jim Harrison was an absolute beast when he played for the Estevan Bruins. He, uh, back then, what used to happen is he used to be able to grab a couple players uh, for the Memorial Cup. Uh, from other teams, and the Edmonton Oil Kings did that in 65-66 when they won the Memorial Cup, and they brought Jim Harrison into their team. He was a terrific power forward, very good Toronto Maple Leaf player, then came to the Oilers, and that was a big deal. I was 6-7 and seven when I watched him play. He was the best forward on the team. He was also 
part of the undoing of Alan Eagleson as head of the NHL Players Association. This piece was written by Russ Conway back in 1996. And basically, I'll tell you, what ended up happening is uh, Alan Eagleson had close personal ties with Bill Wirtz. I mentioned Bill Wirtz yesterday. He was the owner of the Chicago Blackhawks and chairman of the NHL Board of Governors. Florida-based yacht Eagleson enjoyed while uh, cavorting with John Ziegler, who was then the president. Um, Anyways, there was a disability claim made by Jim Harrison, former Edmonton slash Alberta Oiler, when he uh, returned to the NHL in the late 1970s with the Chicago Blackhawks. And Harrison's back was shot. He could scarcely walk, much less play. And basically, the Chicago Blackhawks jerked him around. He filed a grievance through Eagleson, who at that time was the head of the NHLPA. He was supposed to be representing the players. And he was uh, Jim Harrison's agent. But again, Eagleson was also the agent for Chicago coach and general manager and longtime uh, pal Bob Polford. And I think we all know that Polford worked for Bill Wirtz. There was a grievance filed as per the collective agreement uh, negotiated by Eagleson. It did not work out to the favor of Jim Harrison. He pretty much got screwed. And that incident was part of the undoing as Alan Eagleson head of the NHLPA. So associations and unions can be uh, important, especially when they're legitimately run. And that's uh, something that we need to reinforce. And associations play a part. And the NHLPA has come a long way. They play a significant part. There's been acrimonious dealings between the NHL and the NHLPA in past labor disputes. But the pandemic has changed everything. And there is a lesson in that. We all got to work together. That's the lesson. You can have a wide range of uh, opinion, but we have to find common ground on issues. And Brian Lawton was on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now. As we go into the Oilers Now audio vault for direct workwear, and he says, direct workwear, by the way, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Brian Lawton says the pandemic has helped the CBA negotiation uh, become peaceful. Yeah, and I think that uh, both sides were able to leverage that and that cooler heads prevailed in the end. We haven't, you know, it's always been kind of acrimonious, let's be honest. That's just the history of labor negotiations between the players and the owners. Um, This wasn't the time for that, though, and I think both sides realized that. And both sides absorbed some risk in terms of not really knowing how things are going to play out. Are fans going to come back? Um, you know, where are we going to be at next year before they feel comfortable? There's just so many unanswered questions that both sides had to absorb some risk. And, and I have to applaud them both for doing that because I think ultimately the winners will be the fans. They don't have to get caught in the middle of a squabble. Um, you know, it's not going to be the longest deal that's been signed lately, so that's good, although six years is still pretty long. But it gives everybody a chance to move forward, certainly for the league to go ahead with some plans that they had that are going to benefit the players in terms of national TV deal in the U.S. And uh, I just think it's a real positive, and, and I'm not surprised that they agreed, but uh, I'm definitely very pleased to see that uh, this could come together. And Again, I don't think the players will vote no, and I don't believe the owners at their Board of Governor meetings would ever vote it down either. 
Yeah, the, the, the owners, I'd be stunned if they went against something that Gary Bettman put together. Uh, we'll have a better idea by late tomorrow afternoon. All right, into NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromotionalMarketing.com. Back of the 630 Jet Studios. Here's Brendan Escott. The New Jersey Devils named 60-year-old Lindy Ruff, the 19th head coach of the franchise. Ruff coaching the Sabres for 15 years until the 2012-2013 season. He'd been an assistant with the New York Rangers since 2017 after a stint in Dallas. Devils also removing the interim tag from Tom Fitzgerald's general manager role. Minnesota Wild willing to burn the first year of Kirill Kaprizov's entry-level deal to uh, bring him over from the KHL for the play-in series with the Canucks. 23-year-old put up 33 goals, 62 points in 57 games with CSKA Moscow. He's also been named an all-star in five consecutive seasons. All that, and he was their fifth rounder in 2015. Wild also adding former Canucks director of amateur scouting Judd Brackett to fill that same role in Minnesota. And finally, there's a press conference in Trois-Rivières, Quebec this afternoon where a new ECHL franchise is uh, supposed to be announced. They're going to join the league, Bob, for the 2021-22 season. Uh, there you have it. Well, that's interesting stuff. Uh, to the coast they go. Is there not a, are the Newfoundland Growlers still in that league as well? I think they are. So they are, and actually, it's part of the same ownership group of the Growlers that stepped up for this one as well. So one ownership group is allowed to have more than one team in the same league? Shareholders is what it looked like to me. Okay. Well, it's kind of like shares. the CFL. <laughs> Does David Braley still own two teams in the CFL? I don't know. 1226 in Edmonton. Again, we will get to some of your texts. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for participating, even if you don't agree with me on something. That's all good. Louis DeBras coming up, the big man, after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.